two, one. Action! Mary, we Mary clap. can never mm. read my eye contact that I'm I trying to give up. Group clap. <laughs> She's trying to get us to clap together and I will never do it. Hi! Welcome to Spoiler! Uh, I am Mary Clohan. I'm Julie Drexler Johnson. And we are joined here today by Julie. I'll let you introduce him because he's somebody who's very special to you, is he not? He is. Uh, he's my big brother, oh. Nate Drexler. Welcome, yes. Nate. Thank you for having me. Oh. Glad to be here. Our pleasure. They look so related, everyone. <laughs> so related. Um, so Nate is here uh, on the podcast uh, to recount for us his version of the hit movie, Amalie. Amélie. Amélie. And I'm so excited, too, because I can say so many annoying French words on this podcast. Amélie. 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 Is that how it's supposed to be pronounced? Because Amélie. I think I've heard people say Amélie. Or, you know, people... It's one of those names that people say uh, in slightly different ways, like four or five slightly different ways. Mm-hmm. You're like, so, seen Amélie. Amélie. Uh, Amélie. Uh, yeah. Amélie. 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 So is it Amélie? I think this... This falls in line with people when people are like, I studied in Barcelona. Uh, so I think, ma- it, I think you can get a full gamut of things because some people will be like, oh, I love Amelie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people say, Amelie. I did not watch it with any of the subtitles. <laughs> I think I naturally say it's Amelie. 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 Let's go with Amelie. Great. So, um, Amelie, it is. Amelie, it is. Uh, so the way that this is going to work is Nate has only seen the last 90 seconds of the movie Amelie. Um... <laughs> With no subtitles whatsoever, um, right? Yeah. No subtitles. The, don't speak French. Coach. I don't speak French. I should say this, though. Yes? I'm well aware of this movie, Amelie. Yeah. Oh. I've never seen a single scene from it except the 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. I don't speak French, but I know a few things about it, just in the sense that I think it was, we were supposed to watch it in high school as a part of our <laughs> worldview study on yes. postmodernism. What? So I'm pretty sure that it's like a postmodern movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I, I knew that about it. So part of like what I derived from it, mm-hmm. I had that as a backdrop. That's I think okay. That's okay. important. That's great. That's In fact, I think that'll probably help the episode because we've had pu- future guests. We've had previous <laughs> guests who have known like specific scenes, details. Mm-hmm. and it's I don't fun. know anything it's about it fun. other than that. Oh, great. So all we know is post-dramatic. Yeah. Post, no, post-modern. Oh, post-modern. Post-modern. Sorry. What is yeah. post-dramatic? Um, it's stress, stress post-tra- disorder. It's after you see PTSD? really bad play. It's post-traumatic. 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 Yeah. <laughs> post-traumatic. I'm talking well, about post-dramatic. Yeah, this is post-modern. Post-modern. So. Should I look that up? Um, so yeah, like you said, you've only seen the last 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's based in French. Off of, in French, mm-hmm. in full French. And based off of those last 90 seconds, you are here to tell us what you think the plot of the movie Amelie is. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um... And yeah. you've kind of given us a little background <clears throat> on what your experience with the movie is. I will say, this was something I watched in high school. Really? This was like the first, I think I told Julie this, this was like the first film that I watched. Yeah, where it's an art film. Where it's an art film. I watched, yeah. yeah. It had that clout around it. And, yeah. And still does, but everyone was just like, oh, like, sacred ground. It's oh, yeah. Like, you probably don't understand it, but the smart ones of us do. Mm-hmm. Don't tread on it. It's a beautiful piece of yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? and it, it, it felt like bigger than a movie. It's probably why I did, never really wanted to watch it, Yeah, if I'm being honest. Too intimidating. A little intimidating. Yeah. Well, yeah. and the language thing. I mean, who chooses to watch a subtitle movie? I don't. 
Me in either. fact, if I see a movie on Netflix, I'm like, oh, that looks really good. And then I start watching it, and it's in subtitles. I typically turn it off. Like, I don't want to read a yeah. movie. Yeah. No, right. Yeah. What right. is this, a book? What is this, a book? Yeah, if it was a book, I'd read it. <laughs> so aggressive towards foreign films. If I wanted to read a fucking book, I'd read it. Gets up, storms out of the theater. No, subtitles aren't bad. Hey, but you know, sometimes movies just put subtitles in. What was the funny... Oh, you know, I was watching... Uh, can I talk about another movie real mm-hmm. quick? I was watching Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels the other day, which is a Guy Ritchie film, a British film. And uh, it's got a lot of, like, super... I mean, super dry, obviously. Um, I don't but know that I remember that movie. Very do you remember well, Snatch remember, with Brad yeah, Pitt? So yeah, it's like yeah. same world as Snatch, yes. same director and same a lot of the same and characters. It has that like black and white cover with like some yeah like, with with like rainbow on it or something. Yeah, something like that. I can't yeah. remember what the cover looks like. But th- there's a scene where there's there's a guy Rory Brinker who is speaking in Cockney rhyme slang, which is still English, right? It's mm-hmm. just oh, it's yeah. just rhyming, and so they use subtitles to translate his rhyme slang, even though it's English. So it's like an oh. English to English. And that's kind of a humorous use of yeah. subtitles. Yeah, that's funny. So I like subtitles. Well, they like, do it as a joke. Kind, yeah, because like you couldn't understand it because like it's fast, he's like, like speaking in a heavy accent, and he's also using phrases that like like your your chest is a, he calls it a, a bird's nest. So he's telling this whole story with like, that's what the rhyme slang is, so they have to translate it, even though it's English. Yeah, I mean. So I like that. I've had that chest. happen whenever I try to, humble myself and watch the British office. I'm like, I Miss feel half like the jokes. such a jerk. Yeah, and I have to watch it with subtitles. Yeah, my roommates turn subtitles on our TV all the time and it's so mm. annoying. Mm-hmm. That's a type I, of viewer. Mm-hmm. People do that. Some oh. people are religious about it. Hate it. Get us in I Is it just like you don't want to miss a stitch of dialogue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes when we watch a movie at the house and it's like in a serious thing or like a serious TV show, mm-hmm. big moment in Homeland or something. And we mm-hmm. miss the line, but like music comes on and then the transition mm-hmm. happens. We're like, wait, what did he just say? Mm-hmm. And we've had times we've had to rewind it like 20 times. Oh, yeah. And then finally we turn on subtitles we're like, what? Yeah. We did it in Game of Thrones once. I forget um, what the phrase that was. That happens but... to us, well, anytime Littlefinger's speaking. Right. <laughs> like, what? I don't understand your Irish fucking answer. <laughs> 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 so, I, and also, we're on about certain shows, we're really strict at our house about talking during shows. So, mm-hmm. you don't want to be the one to be like, Hey, did you hear that? Mm-hmm. And then when the other person didn't as well, you're like, oh, thank God. We can rewind it together. 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I don't know. Foreign film, whatever. Foreign They're film, fine, I'm sure. And it, it had a big hype. I mean, it's knowing you, it's not, I don't think it's like your top favorite style of movie. So I'm not surprised you never saw it. No. It's like a little bit outside my wheelhouse, which is like, <laughs> like just weird enough. Like, I, like a little bit strange, a little bit off kilter, mm-hmm. but still like cohesive. And I just... This could be that. I don't know. Yeah. But it always struck me as maybe a little bit beyond that to, mm-hmm. like, a realm that I don't even like to deal with. Because I don't like right. to, like, have to piece, like, piece things together and, like, interpret a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, just tell me what the movie is, right? It's just not, be the movie. That's modernism, right? Just be the, yeah. So, be the thing. Be uh, the thing you that you're saying you're being. Yeah. Be Amelie. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I I really love this movie, and I know that you're a lover of movies, so this is going to be really fun because you're gonna well the music go wild and the and the and the, um, the picture itself, like the colors, mm-hmm. it was very vibrant and there were some really neat effects. And mm-hmm. it, I, to be totally honest with you, it made me want to watch it. Cool, good. So I think I probably will. Yeah, we're actually sponsored by Amelie, so good. the more good. people we can get to watch the movie, the Is that better. A, like a business? Mm-hmm. Like that, like, <laughs> they sell like, We're sponsored by early 2000s movies. Amelie Laffy Taffy. <laughs> Amelie Laffy Taffy. Uh, so I think we got a lot of our intro underway. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Can I share my trivia? Is this a good time? Please. Okay. Is so this Amelie trivia? It's just a few bits. And it can maybe guide you a little bit, but it's also just fun things. Cool. And yep. Mary has something after that that's mm-hmm. even more fun. Surprise. Funner. So the first thing I'm going to say is uh, I was researching this movie. I know this movie very well, actually. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I've seen it many, many times. You know, I studied French, and I thought it was so uh-huh. cool. I'd watch it without subtitles and be like, I caught that part. They said like, hello. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... I was researching it last night on the Wikipedia page, looking at the cast, seeing what else they've done. A very important actor from this movie died yesterday. Whoa. And his Wikipedia, he's in the clip you saw. Is he the artist? Because that's the mm-hmm. oldest guy in the clip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He died on February 16th, 2019. Rip. I know. And mm. also, a lot of people on podcasts never say what date they're recording on. Who cares? Mm. Right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. People get that there's an editing. Yo, so yeah. this is like the one day anniversary of a big death. Yeah. Like, yeah. I went to his Wikipedia and it said, alert, this like page is under construction because... But what year was the movie? Uh, that's a good question. Oops. I don't have that ready. Also, post-dramatic theater is a real thing. He looked it really... Is. I know that. He looked really old in that clip. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he probably had a great life. Um, 2001. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Years. So, 18 years ago. But just so oh, yeah, weird, well, he died at like, what, 107? 108? <laughs> I don't know. I looked it up <laughs> on the day he died. I felt like that was a crazy coincidence. You, you know wow. what I think the coincidence is, though? I don't think it's a coincidence. I think he purposely died so he didn't have to hear you butcher his role. He's like, well, no. Now's as good a time as any. I love that. Uh, yeah, that's probably, that's probably exactly uh, it. He was born in 1933. Any math, people? 67 plus 18. 67 plus 20 is 87, 85. 85. That sounded harder than whatever. Okay, so also his name is Serge, S-E-R-G-E. Serge. Serge. And his last name is Merlin, not said like that in French. Serge Merlin. Okay, so that's my main just (laughs) moment of silence for Serge Merlin. Serge Merlin could be a good character, like a military general or something like that. Serge Merlin? Yeah. (laughs) Who has magical powers. Sergeant Serge Merlin. Sergeant Merlin. Page is cute. He's been a lot of movies. Anyway, okay, right, so, so he that's died. Good that's just fascinating. Okay, the only other thing I'm gonna say is, um, it's by far the mo- like top-grossing, most popular French film in America of all time. Like it just broke all the records. Like no- nothing has ever compared because it's just wildly popular. I wonder how close High Tension got. That was a good one. Mm, I've never even heard of that. It's but... a slasher. Some oh, really brutal stuff yeah. in that. But it's all in- that's in French. It hey, we're not saying Amelie isn't a slasher. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it. There were a lot of there were a lot of like girls in my high school whose dads were pastors who swore by it. I just don't think a lot. They of were that. like giving sermons about Amelie. I yeah. saw this movie the other day. Amelie. Yeah. Amelie. I don't know. There probably is nothing really really racy in this film, as far as I can um, guess. Okay. So then, just last thing I'll say is you'd caught onto this a lot in the last clip. The colors, everything is very stylized. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought it was filmed on a soundstage because of that. And mm. the director, I think, intentionally made it look very storybooky, fantastical. Yeah, it's bright and um, pretty. But they actually filmed it in Paris and just cleaned it. Color super corrected well it. And color corrected yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, that's my trivia. Cool. That's for real. <laughs> Thanks. Pretty fun. I love it. Yeah, especially the death one. That was super fun. Um, wow. <laughs> Serge yeah. Merlin. Serge Merlin. We have a little candle at the table. It's like a yeah, vigil. Serge Merlin's candle. Oh. Rip. Rip. Oh, buddy. Rip. Oh GG's, buddy. I almost just gave something away about the movie when Dane said this is... Okay, I won't. You shut your <laughs> Hold mouth. your tongue. <laughs> you shut your pie hole. Uh, great, so now it's my part. 
everybody's favorite part, and this is where I read reviews of the movie from Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, cool. Are these user um, reviews or are these actual like? Uh, the first one. The first one is a is a top critic. Okay. Uh, from the Chicago Reader, actually. That's great. Which I'm because sure you know Rotten with. Tomatoes. Is oh like, yeah. It's like oh, it's a movie sucked, bro. Oh yeah. We've heard, well, we're gonna we've get heard to that. Wide okay. range of reviews. We've heard a wide range of segments. <laughs> and can I just say one quick thing on that? Uh, yeah. Is as I have this policy, I've had it for like maybe a decade now, where if I see a movie that I want to see, like see a preview or a trailer, mm-hmm. I absolutely refuse to mm. read reviews because mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, I like to, and and I found that um, I tend to like. Movies that have pretty bad reviews mm-hmm. is one thing yeah. I've learned, and that's okay. Um, and and uh, the other thing that I learned from that is that there's like a real sweet spot in the uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's like right around fifty four to mm-hmm. to sixty percent. Uh, mm. That's like the movies that I tend to gravitate toward. It's a, and it's if just it's a fun ride. If it's yeah. higher than that, usually I'm like, that's going to be a little bit much for me. Probably. Yeah. And if it's much lower than that, then I know it's actually trash because. If the Rotten Tomatoes people don't like it, well, nobody's going to like it. Well, nobody's so. Yeah, you're like right it. in the middle They're range tough. of, like, Sharknado. No, mm. That's probably a little low. Yeah, <laughs> more like... Uh, Sharknado's probably low, yeah, low, I don't know. Like, yeah. like the recruit, like Al Pacino and, I don't know, like some stupid FBI, like, drama. Like, you don't want a yeah. really intense <clears throat> think piece. In fact, Jacob said this on an Apocalypse Now episode. He was like, I don't always want to sit down and watch something that's going to provoke me and make me... So I was just saying, life. I like I don't it. enjoy I'm, it. Right. Mm-hmm. Just watch it. That's why I never watched this movie to begin with, is because mm-hmm. I knew that I would have to think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're pointing well, at the microphone like that's the movie. <laughs> you've endowed that microphone with the damn movie. It. <laughs> to break to break your review tradition, because you've you've willingly spoiled this movie for yourself by being on this. So Mary's gonna read these reviews. Okay. Let's and they're hear gonna them. be really, really informative. This is gonna give away a lot. Um, so Ronnie Scheib. From the Chicago Reader says, Genet has succeeded at drawing us inside his head. The question is, do we want to be there? Mm. Mm. That's the director. Very wow. disparaging Genet. of Genet. Yeah. Genet. Do we want to be there? Do we want to be there? Awfully presumptuous of that guy from the Chicago Reader right. to think he knows what's in this guy's head right? uh, based on yeah. one film. Do we want to be there? He gave it a splat for what it's worth. Mm. Are those good or bad? Or, oh, it's boy. like the green splat. It's oh, as if you've thrown the tomato, it's exploded green. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. All um, right, so that's a bad one. That's a bad one. Uh, we got a five-star review here. Mm-hmm. Out of five? Uh, five out of five yeah, okay. stars. Oh, what was that? A question, how many stars? How many stars? Five. Right. You made fun of me for asking that question he once. Well, it could be out of 10. or Also, are you just being polite? Out of 10? He's our guest. Really? She was like, oh, it you know. It could be. <laughs> well, like, like, like 10 star reviews? No, they don't do 10 star reviews, but like, it'll be like, it's either a 7 out of 10 or it's 4 stars, but like, that math isn't equal. So like, sometimes oh, yeah. I'm like, you know, it yeah, could be a, Right? You're right. I just wanted to call you out for being polite to our guest. Like, what are you well, thinking? Or two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Roger and Ebert gave it two thumbs up. Does that mean that they each gave one thumb or they each gave it? Would that be four, four thumbs? Is that 100%? I don't know. See, that is, the rating system is jacked. Yeah, it's we need all one. Jacked. We need one standard currency. And it needs to be the Like, we need to ten, get on the metric system. The metric, yeah. <laughs> the and then you go to, like, Pitchfork, who does music, and they'll do decimal system. Like, they get granular with it, you yeah. know? And then there's 7. a 7.7. I love it. just... Anyway, next for me. Okay, um, next. next review. Five stars. Uh, a woman who shall not be named. Um, well, like she doesn't have a name. Yeah, she doesn't have a name on okay. here. Uh, she says, two years later or so, and I never forget the smell of this movie. I like that. 
That's actually right? really. It's a little. I buy like, that. It's a little evocative. I right? buy it. Like I, the smell of this mm-hmm. movie. This woman should name herself, right? These are short Be reviews. Proud. Yeah, yeah. But they're I not helping they're, me at all. I think no, they're giving they're you a lot <laughs> of information. I don't know. I think they're more intended to confuse you. No, no, no. This oh. is intended to be fully helpful. Great. Um, L.E.H. Mm-hmm. gave it two stars and said, It's silly and it makes me mad. I just hate it. That sounds like how I would have reacted in high school had I seen it. <laughs> yeah. You would have said, It's silly? It's silly it's and it silly. makes me mad. It made me mad. Yeah. That's the type of language I used in high school. Mm-hmm. This is silly. Yeah. This is you were silly like that. assignment. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Silly. I used different language in high school. <laughs> Probably language that's not PC today. Life sucks to describe oh, yeah. things. True. Uh, Adam R. gave it one and a half stars. Ooh. Um, he said, a bizarre French film with subtitles. <laughs> well, that's again, yeah, maybe how I would have reacted mm-hmm. in like... Ninth or tenth grade, right? A bizarre... This was stupid. This it, sucked. It's it, just a French film with it subtitles. Sucked. It didn't make any sense. There's reading underneath. <laughs> don't get it. <laughs> Couldn't um, decide to watch or read. Watch or read. Watch or read. I don't know. But it was pretty. Um, Sala A gave it five stars and okay. said, "Amelie will unveil the biggest charm in you." Ooh. Huh. Okay. That's yeah. Good. That's kind of weird. That's a little bit. Let's lean in towards what I'm thinking. We're getting some very whimsical... <laughs> Nate, Nate felt his charm when he watched the last scene. Uh-huh. <laughs> feel my charm. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm coming off a little bit of a cold, so That's I apologize okay. for That's the okay. gross coughing. That's totally fine. We accept it. I had a cold last week my whole life. I'm better now, but I'm still there. It's still there. It's lingering. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. lingering. Just like this film might might do it's, it's actually very French it might reveal your charm yeah it's very French to be like because oh, you just <clears throat> smoked cigarettes <clears throat> oh, we should be smoking right now yeah we should um, my final can I give one final review one final. My, course, arguably man. my favorite which I feel like is actually really informative um, although none have been oh god this name okay Jaya Krishya Nanan. Wow, rude. Yeah, ra- racist and appropriating. For <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> I'm legit, I'm pronouncing it phonetically. Jaya Krishnanan. Racist. Jaya Krishnanan. You say all the reviewers' names disdain, but that one was bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, but I just didn't want to butcher it, so sorry, Jaya Rakhanishnanan. Um, R. Gave it three and a half stars. Right down the middle. Saw this on, um, I think this is December 22nd. Uh, so three days before Christmas. Uh, Amelie is the Forrest Gump of French cinema. Interesting. <laughs> the Forrest Gump of French cinema. So does she just mean that Forrest Gump is the best movie of all time? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think um, so. Okay, so Ooh. next segment here, if you're ready. Are we if watching? You'll, if you'll, oh, I almost knocked over the seance candle. Well, um, on mute. Uh, we're going to play the clip so l- listeners know that you've seen the last scene and you've seen it without um, with sound but without subtitles. So what you're going to do now is watch the clip and describe to the viewers what you see. Because, okay. you know, you can't always remember the last yeah. scene. Yeah, and we want to give this a point in the podcast where we say, spoiler, if you haven't seen the end of Amelie, it's about to be described to you in colorful detail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just what, whatever you see. What's say. the name of the guy from... Uh, that Billy Crystal plays in Father of the... In not, not In the Princess Bride? Oh, Ma- Miracle Max. Miracle Max. Okay, so mm-hmm. this guy looks like Miracle Max. Oh, I thought you were going to so do scene op- voice. No, no. The scene- <laughs> <laughs> I will be doing this in the voice of Miracle Max. <laughs> the scene- no, no. 
No impressions. Okay. The the scene opens with the dead guy, the guy we just discussed is dead, and he's Miracle Max, uh, <laughs> basically, and he's painting a picture in an art studio. Mm. Um, and it's a picture of people, if I recall. Yeah, it's a bunch of people. It's like a dinner, I don't know, guy in the top hat and some other people, and he's just kind of... Then there's this other guy walking out of his gated yard. He locks the gate with two suitcases. Very well-kept yard. And a cab approaches. Cab comes to pick him up. And he's off. So it looks like he's... That's it for him. Whatever he's done. Then we get to the taffy <laughs> stretching machine. Something out of Willy Wonka. Um, in a candy shop. And it's just making really pleasing stretches mm-hmm. on this taffy. Then a big husky guy sitting on a bench reading a magazine <laughs> all of a sudden realizes something and looks up. What did he just read? I don't know. Then we do an overhead shot. There's these people with paddles, and they're playing this weird, like, badminton, like, group thing, I think, is what I, Yeah, like, there's a ball that they're, like, batting to each other. And then finally, it cuts to a really cool uh, bicycle, motorcycle with this handsome guy and this girl who I assume is Amelie wrapped around um, him, and they're just tearing through France or Spain, I don't know, it looks like one of those countries, and they're smiling, and they're whimsical, and they're free, mm. and it's a kind of electric and romantic, and just happy, and it looks like they finally found peace in whatever journey they've been on, they are, they are now gone, um, and we might never see them again, <laughs> it's quite romantic, <clears throat> goodbye, quite I think we can tell you that's Amelie. Yeah, that's she's Amelie. on the cover. So. I assumed that was Amelie. Yeah. How could that not and be? And you Amelie? could you can yeah. use her image in your head now as you tell right. us the story of the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> as you introduce us to, uh, as you open us. So, so, what is the first thing that we see in this movie? The first, maybe establishing shot. The first establishing shot is the the old man artist, mm. and he is working on a painting that is nowhere near as finished as mm-hmm. the one there at the end. It might not even be the same painting, but it's people for sure, because mm-hmm. he specializes in painting people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's hard at work and maybe just carving the outlines of some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's uh, that's kind of how the whole thing opens. Mm. Um, With some like light underscoring... Yeah, some of the same as like an accordion music, but maybe it's mm-hmm. a little bit softer, not quite as triumphant. It's yeah. a little curious, like. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like. I'm a, in the painting. A little bit creepy, <laughs> a little bit creepy, and it's just kind of a nice foggy evening. It's uh, something out of Sherlock Holmes, maybe a little bit kind of cloudy, and he's just at work in his little candlelit studio making art okay and i think perhaps a little bit frustrated but like he's trying to capture something really particular Ooh. okay yeah maybe a woman mm. he's trying to capture a woman in the painting are we walking through this entire film this is crazy because <laughs> yeah. i have so i should say i have like <laughs> i need your help a little bit oh, oh yeah. yeah um but i Here's, can I just start with like some big themes that yeah, I think for like, sure because I because here's what I believe about postmodern and I'm no expert right mm-hmm. but in general I think that it's sort of supposed to say 
it's like bucking modernism. And it's, it's saying like, we don't, in part, we don't play by your structural rules, mm-hmm. your, your, um, your story arc rules, for instance, mm-hmm. when it comes to like literature and film. So I am thinking that this film has like some space-time connection issues. Mm-hmm. It also has some structural and narrative issues, not issues, but like uh, departures that like don't really make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that I thought must be true of this is that Amelie and that boy are not real. Mm, that they are I love that. They are paintings. Um, okay. And so oh my gosh, I, I think that ending is like a triumphant moment where they like I think what I've read about postmodern film too is that or postmodern literature is that a lot of times there's this uh, feeling that the characters in the story are aware of the fact that they're characters in a story. So mm-hmm. further, like, bucking. So, like, I think she, I think she in particular knows that she's a painting. Mm-hmm. Like, she, mm-hmm. this is not some search for her to find her identity. This is, like, she knows who she is, but she needs to find a way to kind of, like, live with who she is. Yeah, or, like, is it, like, establishing autonomy within kind of, like, the confines of, like, That's right. she finds herself in this painting and then it's, like, how do I... How do I live? How do I, live? how yeah. do I exist as, she, as a painting? Oh. In your, like, development of that idea, do you feel like she's trying to get out of the painting or just... No, I think out is relative. I think that's, mm. like, I think that, that last scene depicts her on the motorcycle with that guy. I think that's still within the painting. I think they are in the painting, but she's uh, she's discovered a way to to exist happily mm-hmm. as a as a thing inside this painting. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? She can yeah. find love and she can find adventure and she can whatever within this painting instead of being confined by who I think mm. the proprietor of kind of the the villain, as it were, that was the guy locking up the gate and leaving. Mm-hmm. I think he was. Um, I think he commissioned work. I think he commissioned artwork from the old man and could commission whatever he wanted. And I think part of his role was like trapping people into paintings. Like he could, he could commission it knowing that they were existing in those paintings. Okay. (laughs) This has like a, uh, if we watch Black Mirror. Yeah, I was going to say. It's like a Black Mirror. Like a virtual reality. Black Mirror. Black Mirror without the technology. technology. Right, right, right. With With just art. Right. Love it. But he doesn't really have a purpose. I think he's just sort of like a sadistic dude. Like he made he made a lot of money in in art, and he sort of had the free reign to do whatever he wanted. So he kept making art. But he he learned this that this guy who painted was actually like conjuring people mm-hmm. and and beings and and sentient like whatever inside these paintings. Like, what makes the art so much more beautiful? Yeah, I think, suffering. Of... I think what we're seeing at the end is him being like, "Fuck it, I'm out of here. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm hurting people. I'm creating things, wow. and then I'm enslaving them." Yeah. And I think that I'm, somehow he knew. I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but I think he was aware of the fact and probably even helped Amelie um, achieve autonomy and achieve sort of like this happiness with being in the painting as his last good deed before he like locked up the shop Mm -hmm. and got the fuck out of France and just like went to an island never to deal with art again. Mm -hmm. And then I think what happened is at the end, that older guy, um, I think that was implying that he's just going to keep doing it. Like, like it's almost like not his fault that he has this power. He just loves to paint. Mm -hmm. So like that just showed at the end, like he's just going to keep painting and all those people in that painting are going to be trapped in that painting. 
like, why did you give us life? Yeah, right, wow. Right. Yeah. They wouldn't have known otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, I love this, like, framework. Because so, the deal, yeah. it fits so much with, like, are you are you getting this idea just because of the way the movie looks, too? Of, like, the look of it yeah. being, like, a painting? Yeah, it feels like you're in a painting. Yeah. It really does. I think um, that's so accurate. One other thing is Very that clever. that big guy on the bench reading, the, reading the magazine, <laughs> the I think, I mean, if, in my opinion, he's finding out through some kind of magazine article that Amelie's not real. Oh. I don't know... I don't know what the mechanism is. And I don't even think there needs to be one in a postmodern film. Like, she could maybe just even, like, exist in the painting and exist in the real life. Just yeah. to some people, mm-hmm. right? To have seen the painting, who could, like, right? So maybe this guy was, a at one point, a, a, a buyer of paintings. Went to this guy's shop to see some of his private stock. Like, had a bunch of money to spend. Saw this painting of Amelie. Um, was enchanted by it. And mm-hmm. she became real to him. Right. Mm. Oh, I um, love the metaphor there. And uh, and and over the course of the movie, she kind of popped in and out of of his world mm-hmm. in real ways and whatever. Um, but at that point, I don't know what he'd be reading to, or maybe he knew that she was a painting or something. He was in on it too, and he was reading that this guy was getting out of the business. I don't know. Either way, the point yeah. was when he looks up, he's realizing something, and I think what he part of what he's realizing is that holy shit, she's not real. Uh-huh. Or she's gone forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and like he kinda... knew he had like kind of gotten in a little deep with his like obsession with her, and he's like kind of coming out of it, like looks up. Yeah. Like, wow, like oh good. wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or like the painting. The painting sold. Yeah. Or something. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I... She's going far away, like to an American artic or whatever. And maybe that's what that bike ride was all about. Maybe yeah. it wasn't even that she found autonomy. Maybe this is like she's literally now traveling. She maybe that guy on the front of the bike was the guy who purchased the painting. <gasps> I love that. Right? <laughs> oh, this is great. Um, and and he's gone. They're gone. She's leaving. And maybe and maybe maybe she was under um, a, a lot of oppression, a yeah. lot of uh, you know, there's some sexual psychological stuff going on here where, with the old owner of the painting, right? Mm-hmm. And and the reason she's so happy at the end is because there's she's a new owner. Uh, there's a new owner to the wow. painting. Wow. Who's gonna let her see sunlight? Maybe. Mm, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was at. I like all it's, that framework. Did we cover all the people introduced in the final clip? I think we did. The only thing we didn't cover people-wise are those people playing mm. that game. And to be honest with you, I kind of chalk that up as just a transition scene. Like there's some mm-hmm. shit that happens in France that we yeah, don't really know about. It's just game. like a transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe earlier in the movie she was like intrigued by it. She's yeah. like, what is this paddle game? Maybe there was like, oh, but, so there was like a, a painting across from her that was like these people with paddles. And she's like, <laughs> what? what's going on over there? Like, I've never heard of this before, right? And yeah. she like kind of explores it in that way. And maybe that was just like a scene to show like, this is all still going. Like, the, these mm. paintings still exist. These worlds still exist. These kids still play table tennis in a circle. I don't know what they are. Like, it's like badminton without a net. <laughs> I like to go looked really boring. You said there are things happening in France that we don't know about. What is that? There's always a uh, the, the story about where like Rain Around the Rosie came from. Like, oh, ashes, from ashes. The is, yeah. yeah. Something it looked, that reminded me of that. Like mm-hmm. some game they're playing that's actually a game about people dying. Rooted and, in yeah. some terrible. Right. That's what I like public <laughs> right. execution. Right. Yeah. Bat. Everybody get your badminton <laughs> handles out while we kill the witches. Kill the witch. Bat the witch. <laughs> Bat the witch. That's that weird shit that goes on in France, like yeah. pre-industrial revolution. I don't know. That we don't even read the subtitles. I don't know. 
about. Yeah. Um, best not go there. Best not go there <laughs> to France. Bat the witch. Bat the witch. Wait, what um, were you? You said. But I think that's all the characters. Yeah, that's all the characters except for I feel like the taffy is such a such a character. So the taffy is interesting. I think. <laughs> It's like, that's what got me on this uh, this whole mindset. So, like, when I see the, the taffy being kind of stretched and molded and manipulated, I think of, well, there's the Bible verse, right, uh, about clay being molded and, like, people mm-hmm. are, are very malleable. and and uh, But I think it, the way that that taffy machine was really just, like, sh- not shredding, but just, like, ripping this taffy and, like, molding it was, like, we're all we're all taffy in the sense of like not only are we malleable and like probably going to change, but we're that taffy in that machine where we're like constantly changing mm-hmm. to the point that we're not even who we are changing from. We never mm-hmm. were that thing. We're just all we're we're constantly in motion and constantly being molded. So it's not like I changed from this to this. I was never actually this to begin with. I was. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's, yeah. like it's like constant and circular. Taffy's going on a specific path because of like the poles of the machine. So it's like right. it's going to be pulled over here and then it's mm-hmm. going to yeah. over here. And so you never had any control. And you never started as anything. You always have just been in this ringer. <laughs> and that's yeah. who, that's Amelie. That's like, that's true about her. It's also true about humans. Of course. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I think is what the director was probably trying to say. I think it's so interesting. You brought up the Bible too. Cause I kept thinking as soon as you established the painter as somebody with these powers to create these people, God. I started thinking of, mm-hmm. yeah, a correlation between this and like a Bible story, a creator, the, the, God the creator. Of and yep. then I don't know who that makes the, the art curator. If he, uh, assumes the role of Satan or of somebody else. Yeah. It's like, Trying to harness the powers right. of... Right, uh... for his own pleasure and his own benefit. Yeah. I mean, I got kind of dark with it, which I don't think this is true because of, like, again, all the girls who I went to school with whose dads were pastors who liked it, they wouldn't have liked this. But notwithstanding that, <laughs> um, I like to think that that, per- that art guy, um, the Satan figure, was, like like, running a black market of, like... You can, you can create your own reality. You can create your own beings to do whatever you want with them. You can enter mm-hmm. your own paintings. Mm-hmm. You can commission this guy because if he draws you in a painting with whoever, you, you get you get that life. You get, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, but everybody right. loves a good creation, fall, redemption, <coughs> creation, fall, redemption model. So, mm-hmm. like, if that, you already got to the redemptive qualities. Of he got story. out of the so, game. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, like, if, you know, yeah. Yeah, but, love that. I mean, I tend to, like, wish, I mean... I like dark movies. Or I like... I would have... I, I don't think it's true, but I would have liked that guy to take it to like a super dark place. Like Black, uh, Black Mirror kind of does that a little bit with that one episode with the spaceship mm-hmm. where they could, yes. you could go into the video game. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that is where I'm thinking. Yes. I'm afraid I'm stealing from that a little bit too much, but no. that's sort of where... There's no stealing There's in, no, in movie making. All movie making is stealing. <laughs> yeah, There's no right. original ideas. That's right. Uh, I'd like to know... Well, I don't know if you have a question... I don't want to interrupt you, Mary, but I'd like to know um, maybe, like, the first, like, conflict of the story. If you could, like, give us some yeah. scene, maybe. Or so, like... I think, I mean, I, I assume that it has something to do with Amelie becoming aware, sort of, for the first time. And I don't think that it's one of those things where the, the whole movie's about her being, like, I can move, I can talk, and, like, yeah. trying to figure out, I think they, like, bypass the fundamentals a little bit, where, like... Mm-hmm. It's, it's more nuanced. It's more way more nuanced than that. Uh-huh. And it's way deeper than that. Where like, of course, she knows how to function in the world, and she has clothes, and she knows like where she is. But she's all of a sudden wondering 
why she is mm-hmm. and where she came from. Mm. And I think it's like, I think in, in, within her painting, she gets a backstory of like being an orphan, right? Mm-hmm. So I think one of the first conflicts um, is her discovering um, that she actually does have parents um, no. somehow and then deciding like that's the defining moment, right? Like I, I'm going to go seek them out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go find them. They're in Paris. <clears throat> Um, so kind of coming from my background of liking the movie Annie, I like orphans looking for their parents. Love that orphan story. So yeah, she's, she's an orphan. She somehow has this moment where she's like, I have fucking parents. They're in France. Gotta go find them. And so she sets off on this journey into Paris to find her parents. Mm. Um, and I I think there's all kinds of conflicts along the way. Um, Mostly, the biggest conflict is that even though she's aware of that, if her parents haven't been thought up by the creator, then they don't actually exist. Mm-hmm. And I haven't figured out exactly how that um, transfer of knowledge exists between create because like there's certain things that he can fulfill her needs by giving her. So I don't know how he understands what she wants and what she needs, but somehow he actually does know that she's looking for her parents. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of controlling the, um, yeah. the arc, yeah, he's, which makes him the narrator, but also sort of the director of the whole thing where he, he's leading her on this, on this path to find her parents through, through different paintings. Oh, um, like dropping little Easter. Eggs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And giving her trouble as well, creating mm-hmm. some, some sinister figures and, because whatever he paints becomes becomes her reality, her reality. and sort of his too. Strangely, mm-hmm. I don't, he's obsessed with his paintings. Obviously, yes, right. mm-hmm. Serge Merlin. Is there? I have a question. And is there the possibility that like I'm like loving like this muse creator relationship, and I'm wondering if she is like a muse, so that she's been or somebody that he's known in real life or something, so that yeah, like she, there's uh, multiple versions of her. Or right. Things. That's interesting. Now, the only thing I thought about in conjunction with that is that I love this idea of someone in the movie is someone else. Mm. So one of my first things I thought of is the guy on the bike with her is mm. the old man painter. Oh, right? sad. So, like, he drew himself in. He painted himself in as a young man to, to have this relationship with this girl. Yeah, I love that. And I thought that was a really pretty way of thinking about it. Um, <laughs> like, she could be somebody that died early on in his life, his wife, or yeah, girlfriend. Yes, so like, the whole movie... Dog. Exactly. The whole movie is him leading her on this trail to her parents that don't exactly exist because he has to make them exist. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and somewhere along the way, he introduces himself, right? Yeah. And then he finds out that he actually prefers life in, in the painting as, yeah. as, as, as opposed to him being out here being kind of a slave yeah. to this other guy who mm-hmm. makes him paint on commission and um, so he paints his own reality with, with I Amelie. would love to know like because we talked about should we the, make this movie? yeah I know. yes <laughs> that's the undoubtedly yes. <laughs> so we talked about how the colors everything is very like popping and beautiful and color palette mm-hmm. um, when we're in a painting. And mm-hmm. then we get, when we're doing Old Man Surge real life, mm-hmm. it's got that grisly, like, 
cloudy. Yeah. And so we see, and what else do we learn about his real life besides the evil painter buyer? Uh, about the about the old man. Yeah, when it cuts to. I don't think life. we learn a lot about him. I think I think throughout the movie we see him sort of in isolation. I think we see him as intensely focused on his art, but at the same time we definitely see a sadness within him. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't see a family. We don't see him do anything except sit in his little workshop and paint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something noble about it, but at the same time there's something intrinsically like, uh, what, what's like, what's wrong with this guy? Like, mm-hmm. is this, like, all he does is paint? Like, he has no friends, no family. The only person who ever stops by to see him is that purveyor guy. Um, who gets in the cab and he's always kind of stern with him and just like, look, we got another job. Da, 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 da. We have another job. <laughs> or they say sure, French. Oh, and yeah. that's kind of it. So we don't learn a lot about him, I don't mm-hmm. think. I don't he's just a villain. He's the villain. He's the... Wait, he I thought we were talking the old guy. No, he's just, yeah, he's just like the, the neutral palette creator. I see. Right? Mm-hmm. He just keeps the story moving. We we don't find out anything about him until toward the end when he answered, when he mm-hmm. answers himself. We find mm-hmm. out that the guy, the guy is him. Oh, I love that. I like that twist a lot. And that's how he was able to escape his, his sort of bondage. Mm-hmm. And there's something so sad but also like satisfying about the idea that somebody <sighs> aspires to have like a career in art and yeah. then this is what it turns. He realizes like to have a career in art I actually have to kind of sell myself. It's not yeah. about creating the art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It becomes much more about you enter and yeah, yeah, yeah. This other Well, I think it's a really sweet moment when that guy locks up the gate and leaves because I think at that point he had sort of set that guy free. He knew that guy had had written himself into the story, become a part of the painting, fallen in love, gotten on that motorcycle back early. Mm. Like, you know what? I owe him this. I basically enslaved him for years on end. I'm gonna shut this thing down. No one can fuck with them now. They're in the painting and no one's going in this art studio. Mm. That's it. They're in their yeah. world. Yeah. They get to jump from painting to painting. <gasps> like a Harry Potter. Enjoy. This is your forever world you're in. So yeah. does the do do you see the characters in the paintings affecting the real life characters that they're based on at all? Yeah, but I don't know how that like, works. I don't know like, what the mechanism is. Yeah, well the other question the B part to my question is, does he ever paint the the villain guy into his paintings? Oh. Does he enter that guy into his world, or does he try to keep his world of painting? I think he wants to keep it completely clear of that guy. Yeah. Because he doesn't, Mm -hmm. like, his his worlds that he's creating are are good worlds. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, they're the only piece that he has, right? And they're, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you can go with, like, a heaven-hell type thing. Like, that would be heaven. It was, like, fully uncorrupted by Mm -hmm. real people in the real world. So he wouldn't want to to paint that guy. Or allow him (laughs) to... To have him paint things that he that were evil, right? Yeah. So he had to like he had to constantly find ways to take the request from the from the commissioner yeah. and and mold it to make it still a good thing, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what I was gonna say. It's like he has to he has to he has to do it. Yeah, he has to paint his desires. So yeah. it's kind of like I don't know what the exact example is, but if the guy's like paint a wolf, he has to like figure out a, a way to paint a peaceful wolf that's yeah. not going to hurt people. Like, you know? He'd be a three-headed cock monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, I gotta make this yeah. uh, good Draw monster. me a rape scene, right? Yeah. He has to be He's like, like hmm, oh. how can we make this not a rape scene, but also a rape scene for this guy's satisfaction. Because he's in, he knows that the world is going to be real for the people in the painting. So Precisely. Like, so he has to be real careful. This. But he has to paint it to make his livelihood, but he has to figure out a way. So I think there's like a cool string of Things that we see uh, 
that are his ways of, of spinning bad things into good things mm. through the brush. I love That's that. That's so beautiful, and it's revealing the charm inside all of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's amazing that anyone would. gave this less than five stars. I know. Right? This I exact love... movie we're describing. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Okay, here's a question. Do the painting, because he could stay up all night and paint. He's he really probably does, why yeah. he looks so old. Haggard, yeah. Um, He's actually 20 years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there some sort of key to getting paid for his work? Like, could he paint other things to impact the world of paintings on his own time, or do they have to be commissioned? Because I feel like that would be a good twist, that he has to be... Yeah, he can't just paint whatever he wants. Yeah, like... Because right? if he could do that, that, that's, like, almost too much power. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it only comes out through commissioned work. That's right. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. But, but then so he, he paints himself. Because he has to enter the world. He has to go in. Yeah, he's been waiting his whole life for someone to say, I want a self-fucking portrait of you. Oh, and finally someone is like, give me a self-portrait of you. Give me a self-portrait, you. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to see your face. That's so right. I'm saying he can't just go willy-nilly all yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And he, and he also he can't, he yeah. can't um, intimate to people like, uh, why don't you, why don't you ask me for a painting of myself, right? It has to come naturally. So he just has to sit there patiently (laughs) trying to figure out a way. How can he get himself into this world? He's like, don't you want a painting of me marrying Amelie? Right. (laughs) What would it be? I haven't even thought. What would be the ultimate? It wasn't a self-portrait, obviously, but he had to have had a good reason to paint himself into it. Finally, after, you know, 60 years of of trying to paint himself into it to escape reality. And then finally this thing comes, I don't know. You would take a really good director to figure that out. Is there ever a time where... Somebody says, paint me like one of your French girls. Oh, yeah. Because it has to happen, right? Paint mm-hmm. me like one of your French girls. That was such a touching scene in a, in a really touching movie. Is it from Titanic? It's in Titanic, yeah. yeah. But is that from... Titanic it? does not hold up for <laughs> the record. from it. I know. Titanic That's is a good podcast idea, by the way. As, I mean, this was a great podcast. Oh, thank you. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't diminish it. <laughs> but... If you want to ever do like a break from this podcast or like have like a once every month we do this, do a podcast about whether or not it holds up. Oh, that's funny. Stay tuned. Coming soon. <laughs> Stay tuned. Oh, cool. Because I talk, really I rewatch movies all the time and I report to my wife. I'm like, hey, you know that movie? Da, 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 da? Doesn't hold up. You're like, like I just when I watched the nineties, I, I watched the uh, Butterfly Effect with Ashton Kutcher. Oh, and I remember I really liked it in high school. I was like, this is so cool. Like, time travel, and I was like, watched it. And I was like, holy crap, that <laughs> is, is bad. A mondo piece of crap. That that movie lost its validity as soon as he started doing punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, it's funny. Punk? And I'm not. That movie was never good, obviously. But there are yeah. movies that you have in your mind like that was a good movie. Like, mm, it doesn't hold up. Doesn't Titanic does not hold but up. But you know what's mm. fun is when an old movie does hold up mm-hmm. like Groundhog Day yes held up we watched that, that recently Still? Bill Murray I yes. love Bill Murray yes, but I we watched it with my wife uh, she had never seen it I've seen it probably 70 or 80 times <laughs> all the way through that was 70 not 7 70 or, yeah oh yeah for real and uh, and I was like worried because I was like you know when you see like old movie from your childhood and you're showing it to people like trust mm-hmm. me it's good and then she was like Moved by it. Yeah. Why? And and you know what else is? And I laughed think, at it. I think you always think a movie is great when you grew up on it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we need to bring it up. Newsies mm-hmm. is something I grew up on, and Mary watched it for the first time as an adult recently, and was like not very enthused. Yeah, not I bet very. that's probably true. There's just some darn weird stuff. She was like, seriously, Christian Bale singing as a cowboy, and I was like, that doesn't yeah. make you weep. He's, there's a scene. <laughs> you where did he have is. to grow yeah. up on it. <laughs> 
I he get is that. singing, riding a horse, but he's not holding the reins of the horse. Nah, he's just leaning backwards, hands up. It's the worst acting choice I've ever seen. I, when terrible. she first told me she didn't like it, I was like, you know, he's Welsh. That was an American accent. Yeah, that's why he does the underbite. It still doesn't impress me. His tongue is out. So he has to do to like to get it out. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that movie didn't hold up. Die Hard didn't hold up, although I didn't even see it when I was younger. Yeah, we but watched, we watched Die Hard. It's not good. Lots of misogyny. Well, this is like you're sponsoring. Well, sure. You're we're. But everything. Tonight, everything. Everything is misogyny. We're promoing something that's going to come out soon, similar yeah. to what you're saying. So we'll keep you guys posted. Sick. Keep you posted. Well, let me come back for that one. Okay. Yeah. I got a lot of thoughts yeah. on movies oh, that don't hold perfect. up. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I'm sure. Speaking of. I mean, I'm sure Amelie holds up after 18 years. I mean, it really looks like it was produced recently. Like, it's yeah. high quality. I mean, it's very clean. I mean, you watched it this week, right? I've seen I did. It I did. I watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually don't think I had... Hmm. I'm trying to remember. The last time I've seen it might have been in high school when I was obsessed with it. Wait, is... Mary's 50, so... I'm 50 years oh. old, so that was a long look, time. Oh, wait. That you look fine for 50. Thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah, I'm like... The math is aging really well. What, uh... Is part of this podcast, you tell me what the movie's about? Yeah. Yeah, we'll are you interested there. in that part? I'm excited about that okay, part. Okay, well, yeah. we're, I mean, you your conceptual overview frameworks stuff was I did, was I gotta great. be honest, I didn't take it scene by scene. Like no, I didn't no, I didn't no, think about no it. You don't need to. That'd be a hard task, by the way, because like that's like what actual writers do. Right, right. right. It would take seven hours to right. describe. Mm-hmm. Um right. no, I mean if you had specific scenes that you pictured, like there's a scene where they like go to a get milkshakes and it like spills. Like if you pictured some cute thing that happened mm. or no. You can share that, but you don't have to go scene by I mean, scene. I'd be I, bored. Yeah, no. I think the thematic structure of it is in the parallels so and the good. metaphors and the what. You know what else I, I stole from? What's the movie with? Uh, moved. What's the movie with Robin Williams where he goes into paintings? Oh, stop! That was yes. also postmodern. Oh, stop! Oh, stop it! Yes. What's that called? His wife dies. His wife dies. I'll look it up. And he goes into the paintings. Yeah, he can go oh. into paintings. You know what else this reminded me of is the. Emma Watson. I will never think of the title. Um, what is that Will movie Ferrell called? One where she's a writer. Stranger than fiction. Of, yeah, she kind of writes her own destiny. Emma Watson. Emma Thompson. <laughs> okay, I always get those Emma confused. Stone. It's yeah, not where that she's crazy. They're both British. They both right. have two syllable last names. Remember that movie, Emma? You're right. Gwyneth Paltrow was in that. <laughs> well, okay, so wait, what's wait. the what's the uh... Robin Williams painting movie? Yeah, postmodern. <laughs> Drum roll, RCN. Uh, what dreams may come? Yes. Yep. Never heard of this. His wife died. It's really sad, and he can in, he can go inside paintings and escape reality. I mean, mm-hmm. that's pretty good reviews. Same with uh, well, it's Robin Williams, man. This, he was the king. What is what is he it? Was when, the genie. I think there's got to be a word. Maybe it is postmodern, but postmodern. Um, there's got to be a word for when people post- retreat into their because Pan's Labyrinth, I feel like, has a resonance somehow with Amelie, oh, yeah. the I little girl creating dramatic, or this version of Amelie. Look up, look up a list. Look up like most famous postmodern movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see if we're finding a thread. If we're finding a thread yeah. of, you know, um, creating post, most famous post-modern movies. movies. Okay, wow, that was a lot of yeah. M words or something. It threw me. One clear. Um, oh, and there was one. What is one where it rains frogs? Um, Magnolia. Magnolia. Wait, well, right. clarification. You said. Oh no! Sorry, that there was, was just a thought modern. that came to mind. When we talked about, because we're talking about them transcending the boundaries, mm-hmm. um, 
<laughs> this is maybe a stupid thought, but... Mary, don't say that. No, you're right. There's no stupid thoughts mm. and no stupid questions, except when there are stupid mm-hmm. questions. And stupid um, thoughts. And stupid thoughts. I w- how about I'll be the judge of whether or not this is a stupid thought? <laughs> okay, you just tell me. You Rotten Tomatoes uh, out of a tin... We're going to go with a tin star scale <laughs> She'll go out of ten with decimals. When they exit the painting, are they are they paint so that there's a, always a fear of rain? Like if it rains, that they might wash away, no. so they always have to retreat. No, that's cute. No, though. he said no. No, but not a bad question. Could be cute. Not a bad question. Not <laughs> like a bad question. Like she puts her. I me- I just imagined her putting her hand out in the rain. Like what the fuck is yeah. this? And then it falls through. Uh, yeah. And washes her hand. That's away almost and like, like too. It's a little too yeah. on the nose. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But yeah. we could, there could be effects like that. Like, do you remember like, Back to the Future? One of the things I didn't like about Back to the Future was, like, as the, the, the past started to change, the photograph, the, like, their head would disappear off the photograph. Start to disappear, yeah. And then he, like, his hand became, like, translucent. And I was like, nah. Jack, what's going for the, on? For the and birds. He sold it, Marty. He sold well, it. So okay, yeah. I'll read a few that Great I've actually movie. seen, because I don't want to read a Yeah, just name, like, the, fa- but, like, the famous Fight Club, titles. Eternal Sunshine, Inception, Memento, Donnie Darko, Pulp Fiction. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our um, postmodern. Truman Show. Oh. Actually, is on this list. Yeah. There's Clock some resonances Orange, there. Yeah, um, good movie. Reality is Scream. not what you think it is. Scream? Yeah. That's no what it says. way. It says Scream, It's Oh, right, because it's, it's commenting on horror movies, yeah. Um, so Cabin in the Woods, I think, it? would also Cabin be... Cabin in the Woods more is commenting on horror movies than Scream is. Scream is just a slasher where a guy wears a mask. But it's like it. the Drew Barrymore scene at the top, and it's oh, like... Yeah. I've never seen that. It's funny that it's making fun of it, because I felt like... I mean, I'm going to horror movie. Oh. 11 when it came out. It was very scary. Mm-hmm. And I saw it, and uh, you liked it. Didn't seem like it was making fun of horror movies. It felt like it was just a really scary movie. <laughs> I think it was. But just I was eleven. Mont- so. I mean, people think that yeah. Cabin in the Woods is scary too. Well, the oh, wait, parts of it were. Is. Parts yeah. of it were. Uh, the number one thing listed is Monty Python and the Holy Grail, because it's I guess That's commenting good. on a what's it? What are those stories called? Adventure? Like when you go on a yeah. an journey? Epic. An epic. Yeah. Epic. Epic. <laughs> um, Taxi Driver is one of the Iliad. top ones. Blade Runner. Taxi anyway. Driver. Um, so yeah, uh, I love all of this. I think we should consider making this movie because there's lots here that is amazing. I mean, all of it's amazing. It could be better than Amelie, honestly. Or we just call it Amelie. We just call it Amelie too. Or just call it Amelie. We call it... Amelie. We just spell it differently. What was the other pronunciation you did? The very first one. Amelie. Amelie. We like spell it slightly wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if we feel wrapped up on this new this correct version of Amelie mm-hmm. um what I did was I take notes while you tell the story to pull anything that is like similar or drawn from the real oh cool it's fun it's fun and by way of reading these notes I don't know if that's the right way to use that phrase we can tell you any questions you have about the real plot obviously we don't want to tell you the whole plot of Amelie now because also would be boring <laughs> yes but and also very little plot. <laughs> Is there not a lot of plot? Well, I think you were because well, it's postmodern. You were on the nose when you were saying. You know, narrative is not really a thing. I mean, there is. Yeah, there is. There are there are many plots, but not. They're all kind of thrown together in a in a mm-hmm. in a, a way that podge. upsets some people because they expect like this one linear plot with different right. beats and actions and. Right. Um, it's a little it's separated. Not, yeah, but the through line. I think is actually quite similar to this idea of the taffy, the manipulation, the malleableness. What's the word? Ability. 
malleability. So, but the manipulator. I thought the taffy was probably the most important part. Well, of I hadn't really seconds. thought about the taffy so deeply, and then as you described it, I was like, that actually is correct. But let's tell you why. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Amelie is actually the manipulator in this whole film. Cool. And she Black kind of widow. she kind of takes it on herself to um, do good deeds anonymously to strangers. Okay. Of, and see how she can manipulate and improve but they're very very weird detailed like french type things like mm-hmm. a neighbor of hers is lamenting her husband's death and then amelie like steals mail and stuff from her to write like a fake goodbye letter from the husband so that the woman can like get peace huh. so it's like very specific yeah yeah, yeah. crazy things um that's nice but her. she she's like a little like fairy like through paris like Seeing how she, how her anonymous, secretive involvement in people's lives can impact them. Uh-huh. So it's very cute. It's not bad. Um, so that was one thing that I was kind of spot on. I want to see it less on. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cute. It's yeah. very cute. It's cute. There's not much darkness to be had. Uh, there is a lot of sex, though. Huh. Which is surprising. I mean, not a lot, but like... For my pastor's friends. That's... My, my... It's, it's this movie, the fact that you count it as a hit amongst the pastors. <laughs> yeah. Pastors' oh, daughters. So now I see why. I'm like thinking of one um, girl in particular who had a group of friends. It was maybe even just her, his I mean, dad is a pastor. There's but they were like, all like the good girls. There's yeah. like this joke where she says, Amelie would sit and wonder. It's very like cute. Like, Amelie would sit and wonder how many people are having an orgasm in Paris right now. Oh, and it would do like so a like, montage of like all the orgasms. Yeah, like the Royal Tenenbaums, but like, yes, with, but like yes. with a little... People have called it... I, I Some of the reviews said like a Wes Anderson... A French Wes Anderson uh-huh. movie. There you but go. I thought that would give away... There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. one of my favorite elements is huh. that she... There's this really mean grocer on her block who's mean to his employee who's kind of slow uh-huh. and so she goes into his apartment and manipulates all his stuff so she'll she like replaces his slippers with a smaller size puts like ointment where his toothpaste is like she does all these she doesn't actually teach him a lesson about being mean to people she just she just tortures him she just tortures him yeah and like switches the doorknob so when he like reaches for things they're not where they are she nice. just torments him discombobulates him yeah but never like tells it. him so never tells you never know so she's like she is karma kind of like she's playing mm-hmm. karma mm-hmm. um another thing that you got on is that the he's try, the painter is trying to finish that girl in the painting the whole movie. He repaints mm-hmm. the same painting every year, and he can't uh. ever get this one girl right. Mm-hmm. And you said he's does the movie to, open with him painting? I don't remember. It does you, not. It opens with a whole montage about her child. You, you, uh. They set up Amelie's life, and she does end up. Her mom ends up dying, so she's, yeah, she's kind half of orphaned. orphaned. Dang, dude! Her, what a, but she's kind of estranged from her dad too. A little look, bit, yeah. dude. Look. Uh, this is not what I went with. I even made... I wrote it in notes, though. <laughs> Do you want to start over? No. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Take two. Take two. Uh, but that was astute. I mean, anything you see in the last scene is probably important. And mm-hmm. obviously, he's painting this girl. Uh, I said the guy... One of the things I wrote down was that the guy leaving town um, was her father. Mm-hmm. He's never once left town. Uh, and he's been stuck in one place ever since her mom died. Stop. That's, That's exactly it. That's literally it. it. But you just proved. We got that on the air. I wrote it. I wrote it in notes. It's written down. That is literally what happens in the real film. Yep. That's her dad? Yep. Yeah. And here's the Bro, I got it. Was there a prize for this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll figure it out. Bro. (laughs) Why didn't I just stick with that? The best part about it is that he has this little garden gnome, and she sends the garden gnome around the world with a flight attendant friend. 
and he gets letters from his flight his from his gnome. And oh, this was like a thing for a while yeah. that people did. And so she's like, "You can be like your gnome and travel too." So she convinces him to travel finally. I bro, right? Is that right? Yep, bro. That's exactly right. I literally well, leaving town, candy shop owner leaving to travel forever. But he's never once left town. Amelie's dad. He's been stuck in one place ever since her mom died. Right. I literally yeah. wrote that. And down. listeners, That's I just have so to confirm accurate. he did not just type that. He opened no, his phone he opened and his showed phone us. In disbelief. <laughs> but I mean, you were on the nose with a lot of other things too. Cool. So she's mm-hmm. on a search. Um, Mary can probably speak more to this, but the guy at the end, Nino or Nico? Nino? Um, with the photo booth. Like she he oh, said yes. she's on a search for someone. Yes. The whole movie, she's like she's just realizes because it's about she does all these deeds but nobody knows who she is she remains anonymous right, right. and so the painter guy is like you are you know protecting yourself and <laughs> you have to put yourself out there uh-huh. he's her neighbor he's her neighbor uh, so is he like does he speak can he gives her advice yeah. and stuff he gives I think she's also the girl in the painting that he can't finish yeah oh nice oh there's definitely a scene oh. where who's they talk the, about who's the husky guy the, wait 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 we'll get to that okay But what was I saying? Oh yeah, she runs into this guy, realizes like love at first sight. The guy on the bike. The guy on the bike. Yeah. And he does this weird thing where he goes to photo booths Uh around the city, and again things happening in France that we shouldn't know about photo booths. And dirty. He gets people's pictures that they leave behind. Like that's his thing. And nobody would do that. Nobody would leave their pictures behind. But But in this French charming bizarre movie, they do. Um, and then there's like a whole league of people of, of like women who see that and like I just want a man just like that yeah. cause like yeah. no you so don't creepy. cause it's like the creepiest thing ever I know. it's creepy it might be Aww. like charming at first but like after, after he's like gone at all hours of the day like looking through the photos mm-hmm. she's yeah. like what no so she's like searching for why he's at she basically he, stalks him mm-hmm. and he's stalking people so she's following him around okay. and then my so this is the one issue I take with this movie I think it's beautiful I love it but she takes a picture of herself Wearing what looks to be like the hamburger outfit. Mm-hmm. She wears like a mask and a hat. <laughs> and leaves and it. Ha- leaves it for him. So he goes on this scavenger hunt to for find her. the pieces of this picture and put it together and then find her. That's not bad. Um, it's but cute. Then he sees her point blank. There's this picture again. It's like the Zorro thing where you right. put a mask you over your eyes and you can't tell right. who can't it tell. is. And he can't tell who she is. Oh boy. But eventually, of course, he finds out who she is. So, the, so yeah, she's on a search. It's romantic. Uh-huh. They don't ever actually meet. They um, do. Well, they I do mean, sorry, until the end. Yeah, but until I'm the saying, end. like, they don't actually know each other until the end. It's no. stupid. And then it's just two quirky minds came together. Yeah. yeah. But, like, you've got a lot of this, like, spinning bad into good. Like, you said several phrases that are, like, actual themes of this movie, nice. I think. Yeah. I'm a genius. Um, and I'm another, another thing I love is that there are actual talking paintings in this movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Like, in her bedroom, she, like, talks to these paintings of dogs or something. I don't... Do they talk to her or they talk about her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so she's always seeing you got um, the whimsy. Yeah. I feel so proud about this right now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like really I, should feel confident. Thanks. Both in the movie that you wrote um, and the correlations that you. Also my like... therapist told me I'm a really good judge of people and character. I wonder. You are. I wonder if he meant you're a good judge of characters in movies, in movies that you haven't seen. That you haven't seen. Probably. Um, that's also, probably what he meant by that. Also, knowing you, there's a lot of really satisfying things about this movie. Like she's like sometimes at the supermarket. I like to, and she'll stick her hand down in like the dry beans, you know, in a sack. Ooh, yeah, I can see that. And she'll like pull it back out. So I think about her a lot in like weird little ways because she talks about satisfying things that feel and look mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Nice. She's like specific. the French, uh, yeah, specific. and specific. specific, maybe less annoying 
Zoe Deschanel. Oh, yeah. In, uh, Audrey Tatu? You're a great judge Tatu? of characters. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so the husky so guy, I don't know. I don't remember. Honestly. The husky guy. What is, was he he's realizing? A, he's a grocery. Oh, the... He's a grocery. Yeah, but why did he look up? He was realizing. Does he realize she's been tormenting him? Yes. Okay. He realizes kind of. How did he realize it? Or that he's a jerk? Wait, how did he realize it? From the magazine? Mary watched it yesterday. Mary, tell us. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that part. I don't. uh, To be honest, uh, at this point in the movie, towards the end, I had my headphones on. I was sleeping. I was asleep. (laughs) I I stopped. I was fast asleep. But he does realize she has been tormenting him. That's like the realization moment. I think. He doesn't read anything. I'm. He just. It just came to him. In it a just moment. came to him. He was like, mm. "Oh my god." Yeah. What she about the uh, What about the shitty badminton? Like the weird. No idea. No. No. You were right. I was right that that was nothing. That's just an establishing shot. I knew it. I knew it. Weird things happen I knew in France. It. Mm, one of the best scenes is she's putting on this like facial toner and she drops the glass. It has like a glass ball top uh, and she drops it on the tile and it's like this best noise. Dink. And it rolls and knocks a tile off the wall of her like perfect bathroom and it's this little box like memorabilia and she finds the boy who like hid it in the wall at her apartment Whoa. and he's like a grown man she doesn't tell him she leaves it for him to find and then she you know watches what? him find it now that I'm hearing these little anecdotes like that it's all like that for now two I hours am, now I <laughs> am a little more convinced of that Chicago Reader article that it's just inside the mind of that guy's yes. director oh, it's, it yeah. seems like it's just sort of like the the, the meanderings of his yeah. you know whatever I'm, I am, I'll buy that review. I am really yeah. proud of I'll you. And you can watch it now knowing all those things and just be be ready to give into the cuteness. Mm. It's disgustingly cute. Yeah. She's so cute. Her name is... I'm Al- surprised Al- by Al- that because things that are like cutesy tootsy like that mm-hmm. pre-Wes Anderson uh, weren't usually lauded by the, by the critics know, and like the intellects. popular. You know? I think people really get off on the fact that she talks to the audience... At numerous oh, points. Oh, shoot, really? Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. watch it. Was she but it's like French. Lean into the I started to yeah. watch, uh, oh, well, now people don't like House of Cards because of, uh, you know, allegations, or not allegations. You know, I haven't. The, the stuff, you know. The stuff. Uh, I but I, but it. prior to the stuff, people would really slander you if, if you said you didn't like House of Cards. Oh, I watched House of Cards, I watched the pilot, mm-hmm. and um, 25 seconds into the pilot, Kevin Spacey turns to the audience and starts talking, mm-hmm. and I went, Turn it off <laughs> and never watch it again. Don't talk well, to I don't me. like that. Unfortunately, like that. I've never seen that. Um, and I will say, I just looked up Wes Anderson, and I'm very disappointed that I know what he looks like now. Yeah, it's bad. Isn't and it? it's weird. Bottle Rocket was '96. Bottle Rocket so is his best movie. Amelie. Mm. I'm not a big Wes Anderson fan. But '96. I respect it. I respect Rushmore the was '98. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they were that much older than Amelie. I would have guessed Amelie. Uh, Mom- I knew Bottle Mamalie? Rocket was '90s for sure. Anyway, um, but yeah, I'm very proud of you. Yeah, you killed it. I put in a lot of thought into it. Can I say I'm proud of you too? Yeah, okay. it means a little more coming from her. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I'm just gonna tag along <laughs> for the ride. Thank you, thank you. Uh, for the yeah. sibling ride from a fifty year old. <laughs> from a fifty year old, it might not mean much. Uh huh. So I might watch it. <laughs> I, might watch it. I don't know. You're thinking about it. As I, soon as she I turns the see camera, the you're gonna version. turn it off. Yeah, I want to see it. the dark version. She is really pretty um, though. She is really cute. So like, I might, I might bear with it. A yeah, bit. it's cute. I mean, it's cute. It's worth it. Yeah. Um, now, Nate, you're not an actor or or such. Oh yeah, you know, I got a little, I got a little history. In the, but do you have anything you want to plug to our listeners, like? 
who you are, what you are. Who um, you well, be. if any of the listeners out there are talented individuals, um, <laughs> they are. I. They will be. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen. Here's the deal. Everyone in the business of being talented and the creative arts and music and film and and writing and everything need uh, someone to go to bat for them when it comes to contracts, when it comes to negotiating, when it comes to fighting legal battles and being represented. And I just want to say that I'm about 14 months away from being done with law school and uh, fully intend on representing good folks like you. So feel free to reach out if you need an agent and we can dream big together. I love it. Well, and also I think you're most prolific um, on Twitter, no? I... Or do you not I tweet? left Twitter. <gasps> I didn't even know that. Well, no, I didn't. I still have it. You I just don't tweet. I, it's it, it. It really soured my. It soured my fruits a little bit. Uh, the, politi- <laughs> That's the best way to put it. The political, <laughs> the political stuff, and. Uh, well, I should have just let you volunteer. No, let me just tell you a quick thing on that. Is that uh, not to get political? But I did mention. So I mentioned one thing that was not even that big of a thing about. A candidate or a congresswoman now, mm-hmm. and one who I voted for actually, and I, I mentioned a critique of the way that she handled one thing. Uh oh. Not even a scathing critique at all, and I was told by an old friend on Twitter, "Of course you know, of course you think you know how she should do X because you are a white." They tweeted that at you? At me. Oh, a friend. A public thing. Also a white man, by the way. Wow. Uh, an old friend. And okay, uh, so... at that point, I realized <laughs> this is no place for me. Yeah. I don't like the public confrontation so... aspect. Uh, yeah. No so place for me. don't follow Nate on Twitter. Don't follow me on Twitter. Uh, you can't really find me anywhere. If you want to get a hold of me, talk to the Rock Rising people. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, they know me, and they will hook you up with some digits. And uh, I love it. if you need some representation, you know, I'm really good with contracts. I'm really good that. with uh, going to find you some money. So let's go get and some. writing movies now. Yeah, and writing, and writing movies. movies. I was just gonna yeah. say that. Oh, particularly yeah, if you're if you're uh, in, in musicals, I got a nice eye towards that, guys. Nice eye. Yes. Towards that. Nice eye. And dear. And dear. Um, well, thank you for being here. Yeah, wonderful thank job. So I really enjoyed much. it. I would never rate our guests, but you were the best. Aw. Ten out of what what out rating system? Out of seven system. stars, I'd give you seven. Wait, what 30, do you think? Because in, in this case, I actually take your opinion more seriously. You take my opinion more seriously? Not more seriously. It, it carries more about, weight. Okay. She's, she's just pandering because she's my but sister. really, what is the rating system? It's stars with a decimal system. Stars with a decimal <laughs> system? Yeah. So five out of five stars. Uh, 8.9 8. out of 10. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So it actually would be eight stars out of ten. Eight. Point nine. Eight point nine stars out of ten. I see. That's I how see. we would actually wow. do it. It wouldn't need yeah. to be two separate. It's high. It's high. It's high. That's a B plus. That's really high. Um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, so Mary, take us out with what's the square root of forty nine? I know it. Come on, that's the easiest one in the book. Seven. Yay! <laughs> <our> show. <laughs>
This has been a Rock Rising Productions podcast. Thanks for listening.